0: This is the Making Music with Jake Hawes podcast. I have Jack Murgis with me. How's it going, buddy? Hi, Jake. It's going great. <laughs> it's great to be here. I just said, buddy. Okay, I'm going to redo that because I feel like an idiot saying buddy.
1: No, uh, no, so. buddy's fine. I'll be, uh, I'll be your buddy. <laughs> I think buddy is. I think buddy's making a comeback. Yeah. There's the dude, which mm-hmm. I've been pushing, dude. Mm-hmm. Or bro. Recently, bro bro or,
0: is, you know what really bothers me is when they went like if you're at a restaurant or something and the waiter calls you boss boss like i haven't what, had like what I'll, here's your fries boss or you know it's just mm. we'll get that right to you boss it's like mm.
1: i had a waiter call me broski which i was not a fan of recently <laughs> i thought broski was long gone but it yeah it's ugly head once again
0: Okay, well, uh, so <laughs> Jack and I go way back to, so he used to play at Muse Music with, you had, well, you played both acoustically and then you had an act called The Lunatic. Yeah. So how, how, uh, how long did you, I guess, how long have you been performing?
1: Um. Uh, My, well, my whole life. Mm-hmm. If, uh, from a child, I always want. when I was a child, I really wanted to be a great dancer. Mm-hmm. And I told my, um, I would tell my, my dad and my older brother that and they would laugh at me. And so despite them, I learned how to dance uh-huh. and, uh, the dream of being a dancer turned into a dream of being a, a great actor and, uh, actor and director one day. And then <laughs> uh, along the way I, I got into, uh, plays and things and, and singing and dancing kind of made their way into my life. So when I was a kid, I did, I acted in movies. I did, a. Uh, I was in this uh Disney movie called Luck of the Irish if you've ever seen it. Oh that. no,
0: no way. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's
1: That's not, cool. It's not like a major role. I give uh I give Kyle the lead character a Brownie. And huh. then I I did this movie with uh Rutger Hauer, which is my the movie with Rutger Hauer is called Partners in Crime. It's it's really my magnus opus. I'm like a main character in it. Very oh, cool. dramatic. If you, you may remember Rutger Hauer from uh, he plays Roy Batty in Blade Runner, the Android he's okay. in uh, more recently he's in like Batman Begins he has that great uh didn't you get the memo line you remember <laughs> that guy who fires Lucius Fox so okay. uh, um but then I uh so I did a lot of theater and film as a kid and then uh moved uh moved to Florida and uh, as a as a as an early teen when I was in Florida there wasn't there wasn't a musical program in the school really there wasn't like a choir program uh-huh um, there was a TV production program, so I really thrived in like the film scene and what I wanted to do there. But then music turned more, it became less of a group thing and a performance thing and became more of a personal thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. because I was really into TV production, my, f- my first, uh, albums, I started recording in like in TV production software as a teenager. So I recorded albums in like Premiere Pro Oh. Okay. and would just, yeah, the old version of Premiere Pro I'd track. I just track in the audio sessions. And then I started, I moved on to final cut and started making albums in that. And that was what a lot of my early music was recorded. on. Oh, that's teenager. funny. Um, and so, yeah, I music and music and film acting and performing songwriting. have always been things that I've just, I've always done in, in one form or, or another. Yeah. And uh, all throughout my twenties, I really focused heavily on music um, when I was going to school and I, I ended up studying, uh, music and, and doing mm-hmm. some film classes, but but performing music was what I wanted to do. And so I, with some friends, uh, we jammed for a little while and then formed the Lunatic around 2009 2010. I want to say, mm-hmm. uh, did one long form album, but, but it was one that I pretty much wrote and recorded myself to trick them into playing with me. <laughs> we we did a little album called Milk in 2011. ideas of doing like a double disc and we surely got ahead of ourselves and it was too grandiose and we wrote all this music and then we we just stopped seeing eye to eye and so we just we did this thing where we'd form a new band uh, every few months we formed one called pale rooster and wrote an album we formed another one called hummingbird and wrote an album but it was all the lunatic Uh and then uh life got to us and we moved away from each other and stopped playing um And then that, I don't know. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah, keep going. So that's like fascinating. (laughs) So that's like circa like 20, it all happened in like 2011. We released an album and then like that gap from 2011 to 2012. um, It's always an interesting time to be in the Provo Music scene because it's really easy for everyone to complain that their music doesn't have a place. Yeah. Or, but I, I don't know that our music didn't have a place so much as like we were all we were like really big jerks. We, we got more into, I think we were more into the theatricality of the lunatic and like painting these big egos for ourselves than we were like actually releasing music to back it up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, people in the scene didn't respond very well to that. And, uh, (laughs) when we, when we tried to take music more seriously, it was like people weren't ready for us unless we were, we were being jerks and swearing at other bands (laughs) and, um, and things like that. Um, And so, yeah, the, the lunatic kind of ended it kind of, uh, we, we made sure the project self-destructed on itself and moved to different places. And, uh, I, I really had to take a break from music because I, I take music so personally Mm -hmm. and I attach my own self-worth to the songs I write and to the, you know, to the feedback I get. It's just music has always been such a personal thing. And so I switched directions for a little bit and I, I decided to focus more on filmmaking again. And I, I thought maybe flexing this other thing that I loved, acting and this visual this visual side of right. what I do and taking a break from music would be good for my brain and for my emotional state. And uh, so then circa, circa 2013, I go back to school, I finish my music degree, um, and then I start working doing doing live sound and video production work Mm -hmm. and then i kind of went from from job to job and ended up on a. I um i got to i got to like edit the rooftop the provo rooftop concert series for a few summers oh cool um and that was huge for me because it it they're these massive editing projects and uh i'm getting to do graphic design and i'm I'm getting to Mm -hmm. put these together but also they're my friends they're bands that i love And it was just this perfect project. This music meets video It gave me a break from having to write music myself and perform it and just enjoy my friend's music and Mm -hmm. and improve myself more as a video editor. (laughs) And, and after that, I got a job doing a a music TV show. And one thing led to another and I I became the chief editor on this music TV show that played on channel two, what was it called? uh, Backstage Avenue. Okay. And so if you go on YouTube, you can still see a lot of those videos. Like mm-hmm. we'd, we'd go around the country and especially locally in Provo and, and film local acts, doing songs and interview them. Um, and then we'd cover cities and, and I, nice. I'm also a, a real lover of food. And so that catered to like my love of food, my love of cities and culture. And it was this perfect project for me that again, allowed me to just get really deep into video editing, directing, shooting, um, and then some of the guys that I did that show with, we, we quit doing the show. And then we started a company called Big Door. Mm-hmm. And uh, now at Big Door, my main responsibility is, is directing. Mm-hmm. And when we first started out, it was I got to edit. I got to score um, our videos. I was still doing composing. Mm-hmm. I acted in a lot of videos. And now as, as the company has grown and as the team have, has grown, I've, I've let go of all these um, ancillary things that I would do. And have just become a director, mm-hmm. um, and I, I love it. Directing encompasses everything I get to do. I I get to uh, I still get to be involved in editing. Uh, I I feel like I have a very musical approach to the way I direct, and, and the projects that I that I assemble. I'm always thinking of like the rhythm and the pace. Yeah, and I've I'm in a spot where I'm happy, um, but the last few months now that i've spent four to five years really flexing this this visual muscle i've been really i've come to terms with a lot of my my musical demons <laughs> and i'm i'm feeling the need now to to do more music projects and and so now i've i've got an album that i'm recording that i'm working on and i want to cool. i want to do some more performing and with that i have a big music video project that I want to do with the album and oh very cool and really make it this visual musical so it, would experience.
0: it be okay so is it is it uh so what is that kind of like I'm trying to think of a good example of a, would it be like an album with a visual album with it like like Beyonce's yeah Lemonade, or I, lemonade
1: Lemonade's uh, definitely a good example yeah um I also a project I was really impressed with was uh um man they're one of my favorite bands and I just blanked on the name um the Beatles. Holy cow. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, um, they had the big single, uh, Wolf Like Bee was like their breakout song. Oh, uh, uh, TV, TV on the, the radio. radio. Yeah. Jinx. So TV on the radio did Nine Types of Light a couple years ago. Uh-huh. And it's uh, that was the first time that I realized, man, I I had always loved music videos. I'm a big like David Bowie fan, and I, mm-hmm. I consider him another guy who is visual and aural. Um but, but when, when um, TV on the radio did nine types of light, it, it, I realized that I've always loved the concept album. I've always loved the, I'm not a single guy. I want like, I want a, a group of, of, of songs together that say yeah. something and mean something. I want you to spend time with the music. And they released this video that encourages you not to just spend time listening to the music, but watching it. And it was a, a music video for every song. And they uploaded it on YouTube as the hour and... 10 Mm -hmm. minutes, however long the album is. And I I said, man, this is what I want to do. And that was like 2012. So it's, it's been a few years, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I, that project always had a big impact on me. And then of course, yeah, Beyonce did lemonade, Nice, but I've, it's been a dream of mine for a long time to, to do a long form music video album. And I've, uh, I feel like the, everything I've been doing in my life up to this point is leading to a project like that. And so I, I hope I can do it. Videos, (laughs) videos really hard. It's easy to sit, it's easy to sit in your room alone and chip away at an album and add things. And when musicians don't show up, you can play their parts and you figure it out. Yep. But video requires a team. So absolutely. We'll see how it goes.
0: So will this be out under your, your own name or are you resurrecting the lunatic name for this?
1: You know, me, if there are any lunatic fans out there listening, um, and any Martin fans, I uh, you should know that Martin and I do talk and we're very good friends <laughs> and we always, we always have dreams of uh resurrecting projects. It's we, we don't live together anymore and that always makes it tough. Mm-hmm. Um, there could potentially be a lunatic release in the future, but mm-hmm. this one I think will be a, a Jack Murgis. Are
0: you, are you playing all the instruments yourself or having other people come in?
1: Mostly. Uh, it, it depends. There's, there's like some orchestration and some vocal stuff going on that, mm-hmm. that I'm bringing friends to collaborate with. But, uh, I'm recording a lot of it right now.
0: Right on. Um, real quick, can you back up into? I know a year or so ago you did a project called um, the Song Club. Mm-hmm. And so, t- tell me a little bit about that. It-
1: well, so the Song Club, um, uh, Kyle Kyle Wayne Benson. He's he's a very talented songwriter, very talented designer, um, and another one of those people that I gravitate towards and get along with because we we think similarly. We like visuals and we like audio. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's someone that I kind of knew. We've, we've like played in similar bands. I played in a band called Wild Apples for a little bit with, with Mike Barker. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I that was kind of a connection, a roundabout connection. I was aware of Kyle that way. Kyle also played for a little while in a band called Red Orange mm-hmm. with uh, Jared Clark Gay. And uh, a couple years ago, Jared Clark Gay and I became really good friends. And and uh, he invited me into the, the song club told me about this project Kyle was doing. And, uh, that was the first time in years that I started writing and recording songs again. And so the, the, the way song club works is there was a group of us, I want to say about 30. And then usually about half of us to, to 20 would end up actually releasing on the compilation each month, but we would take turns picking a topic. One person would curate the topic that month and assemble like album artwork. And, uh, we were given the prompt on day one one of the month and then had until the final day of the month at midnight to turn in our songs. And we had a month to think about it, but mine, and I'm sure I wasn't the only one, my process was usually like the last three to four hours of (laughs) the last night of the month. But there was something so cool about that because I'm I'm so meticulous in the things I do. And I I used to be more of a perfectionist than I am now. I, I think working in film and being forced to be a heavy collaborator has helped me get over that. And so when I came back to songwriting, I something about having that deadline makes you be not so precious. Yeah. But yeah. the but the I, I set the standard for still wanting to do something cool. <laughs> and so I I think I only submitted seven songs out of the twelve months. Because mm-hmm. if I wasn't feeling inspired, I just wouldn't do it. But I feel like every song that I got to release that I did cross the finish line on, I was I was super proud of and super happy with. And uh, and that was another big thing that got me working the songwriting gene again and saying man I could I could do this I've had this big break from music now that everyone who currently knows me, it's, some people have no idea that like I wrote and played songs. Yeah, and, and that seems so crazy to me because for so many years of my life, I was songwriting and being a singer defined who I was. Mm-hmm. And uh, even recently, I had. Did you ever know? Do you remember Joe Belliston from BYU? He was a recording major. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He was in the program with me. Yeah,
1: so we we crossed paths, and and of course we worked on songs together. And Joe and I were really good friends, and. Recently, Joe and I started working together, um, not at Big Door, but at a sister company called Huge Sound in Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. And Joe was offered a job there and he called me and he's like, is this a real thing, Jack? I was like, dude, Joe, take the job. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's an engineer engineering dream and he's really great at post audio. But um, Joe said to me, what are you doing working there? I was like, oh, well, I, I direct, you know, I'm a director now. And he said, why are, why are you spending your time doing anything but music? It's like, oh Joe, that's, that's very sweet of you. And so Joe reminded me of this old group of friends that see me as a musician, yet I'm currently surrounded by all these people who see me as a director or yeah. as an actor or as a, as a funny guy. And, uh, they hear my music and they're like, wow, Jack, your music's so depressing music. And you're just such a joyous guy. How do you, how do you reconcile the two? And I was like, well, that's why I write music. I put all the sad stuff in the songs and, uh, and carry myself anyway i'm 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 being very tangential here jake but but the the gist of it is is that when i did song club a lot of people i did song club with were designers directors writers and they were all so surprised that i had this musical output that i had this music in me and it was this common story of man why don't you do music more i'm like well i have done music you guys you just haven't heard it (laughs) like well why haven't we heard it i'm like because it's not actually like available anywhere. (laughs) And so I'm, I'm trying to write that and I'm trying to find a way in my life to not completely abandon one or the other, but find a way to, I'm certainly not as good as like Donald Glover or, uh, you know, but, but I admire him because he's found a way to make writing and filmmaking coexist with music. And he's found a way to tie himself so deeply into both. And I, I think it's possible. I'm figuring out how to do it
0: cool well you you did just say your music's not available anywhere but i know the band the uh song club stuff is is there literally nowhere else they could hear lunatic or anything yeah or? the
1: so the lunatic does have a band camp okay cool and you can go there and hear uh milk or our album and then i'm i'm currently working on trying to get that stuff on google play and song song um so spotify songify spotify songify and uh and uh and make that more available and then the the song club songs, I'm, I want to try and assemble into my own little album what I wrote mm-hmm. and, and release those with the music videos I did. With every song club song, I also did a music video. Oh, so cool, good idea. I'm trying to make that uh, more available, but it's it's all on Bandcamp. If you well, will, that, will club, any of
0: those be on your your big album you're working on, or is it a separate view? It as a separate thing.
1: They will be. I've decided to make them their their own thing. Yeah, and let them be what they are. And then the the album I'm working on is a another little group of songs. Cool. So, Bandcamp, and then I have a SoundCloud. If you want to go, nice. See how things are going there. I should say, Jake. There's a. In another life, I was a a missionary for the. It's been. It's been 14 years since I, since I uh, left, on an LDS mission, mm-hmm. and my space was just coming out at the time, and so. Uh, I had an album that I'd released before I went on my mission called kind of like a postcard. Mm-hmm. And uh, some friends of mine set up a MySpace page and they would email me on the mission and say, Jack, MySpace it's the coolest thing. <laughs> and what was cool about MySpace uh, was it was such a small pond. And so if and recording wasn't as accessible as it used to be mm-hmm. uh, or as it is now. And so there were people like like John Allred, Benton Paul, mm-hmm. and you were one of them. Under uh, I think Declaration was yeah. either the name of your project or you were under the, up there as Jake Hosmer. Yeah. What was fun about MySpace is we were all allowed to be in that tiny pond, and you could go to you could go to like see the top ten like Utah artists, and uh-huh. and we'd all drift up there. And I remember that was so exciting to get to know other artists. Ironically, Benton Paul is the uh, CEO at Big Door, so he and I work right, together right. now, but. Um, anyway, I, I, uh, downloaded a lot of MP3s off of MySpace and I would listen to them as a missionary. And I know the story I always like to bring up with you, Jake, is that, uh, I downloaded all your MP3s from MySpace page and <laughs> I, I listened to them and, uh, I, I downloaded you and John Allred <laughs> and then, uh, Marin Ord. Do you, I don't know who She sang a bunch of like, uh, church songs and then M Packer. Do you, do you sounds, still follow him? I think. Sounds Em's, familiar. I think she's still making music. Um, but anyway, it, and it was very surreal because. Oh, Emma Packer. Yeah, or maybe Emmy Packer. Maybe it is Emma Packer. Okay. I, I remember it was so surreal though. I I got off my mission and decided to go to school at BYU. Um, and and Muse was the venue that I gravitated towards uh-huh. because Muse was a great place for people who just weren't famous. You could show up to the open mic <laughs> nights. Nice. Uh-huh. And I remember being so surprised that he ran the place and that was always my thing. It was like, Jake, man, your songs got me through my mission. <laughs> and you, uh, so you're, you're, ex- I've met a lot of people over the last, since my mission over the last 12 years that I've probably mm-hmm. forgotten, but you're one who is always cemented in my brain because as a young boy, the, <laughs> not as a young boy, but as a young man, I had your songs and I always appreciated how gracious you were in letting me, uh, play at the venue and hang out
0: oh thank out you and... yeah that means a lot and, uh, and we we played a handful of shows together one in particular I'll, I'll put I'll put the picture of the poster up in, um on my website but it's um, the Invisible Children benefit where my band oh, and yeah. you played and uh, Neon Trees back before they were big and and uh, another statistic was oh, and so another, cool and another statistic which by the way that was the drummer of Neon Trees Elaine it was her band before oh. she was in Neon Trees so it was kind of an historic show with people crossing paths, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's
1: what has now gone, uh, you know, Lucy Moore. <laughs>
0: no, I, don't, yeah. I don't remember Lucy. Uh-huh. I do remember St. Sebastian's
1: School for Wicked Girls. Right, and
0: he's been on the, Micah Anderson's been on the podcast. Cool. I remember, man, another statistic was
1: so cool. And I want to say, my Provo history might be wrong on this, but but the the Seagull Fest, I want to say it happened like one year. And I don't think they were able to do it again because it was like a logistical nightmare. No,
0: they did it three years. The first year was really low key, but the the, the second two years were pretty big. Which year was like the one they did up at the castle, and the amphitheater um, there? That would have been two thousand eight, I believe. I, I remember that, and I remember or seven, seven I, or eight, something.
1: I want to say Neon Trees is playing, and Tyler couldn't get, and they were all. I mean, Neon Trees was a, a well-known band, but mm-hmm. not national. Uh, mm-hmm. At all, and I remember Tyler couldn't get his synthesizer to work, and I think their drummer didn't show up, and another statistic had played, and I might be wrong, but I think Elaine um, filled in. Oh yeah, f- for Neon Trees at the Sago Festival.
0: Oh, how about that?
1: And uh, and then I'll, I'll I remember they disappeared for like a year, and then came back and were famous, and she was in the band, so. <laughs> I bet the drummer wished. I think
0: they moved to California for a, a period of time and maybe that was what it was. But
1: I wonder if the drummer wished she'd stayed in the band or, or showed up that night. But I I, I, I remember the energy, man. She She's special. Because she, yeah, in, in another sure. statistic, she'd get up on the mic and then she'd go back to the kit. And I remember watching the things she would do on the kit. And I was, I'd just never seen anyone play like that. Yeah,
0: she's got a really, especially with that band, had a really unique sense of... You know, coming up with really cool rhythms and different beats that aren't you know mm-hmm. aren't as common. They at least cool. now they <laughs> not as common now. I mean, to... cool.
1: I should also mention this beautiful uh... the, the
0: big muff pedal. This uh
1: this big muff. It must be like a. So is is this like a Russian release from like the sixties? What Dude, is?
0: So look at. Let me show you this case. This isn't gonna make great great uh, audio, but this is the case it came in. Oh, so it is Russian. It's got like it's a so I'll describe it in in radio terms. So Soft tech. They it's make a tubes. Pine pine box with Soviet style writing on it. It looks like it's like some weird explosives in a warehouse from Indiana Jones or something.
1: Wow. And as I run my hands along it, you can feel the <laughs> the pine scent has almost faded. Has almost faded, but you can feel the texture of the box. The uh, another thing is, so I love carpentry is another one of my my fun hobbies. And, and for a few years, I built guitar amps and cabs. And uh, if you build guitar amps, you know one of the most efficient joints you can build is a is a finger joint. Mm-hmm. And and if you look at this box, you can see the fun staggered finger joint pattern, uh, which is fun considering that this was a, a guitar pedal. I, I'm sure the box was constructed by people who are familiar with with how to build guitar amps. It looks like they've got a Actually, maybe this isn't pine. This is probably like a birch ply, like a half inch. <laughs> yeah, like half inch birch plywood. <laughs> uh, a mix of uh, pine, oak, and then and then birch would be on the outer right. layers. Yeah, wow. Uh, so it's a very sturdy box. You won't see a nail or a screw anywhere a in it. Fine box. You won't see a nail or a screw anywhere in it. It's it's glued tightly. in this box will will probably outlive you and I, Jake.
0: Oh, that's that's beautiful.
1: But even more special in the box itself is is the. The contents, which mm-hmm. is this amazing green. Oh, wow. And the lid.
0: Oh, my goodness. Beautiful. You can hear it oh. <laughs> slide oh, that, that in is and just out. That's a gorgeous sound. And then this, this. We should put that in the song.
1: <laughs> that's, yeah. We'll, we'll make a sample. And then this this beautiful uh, green petal. So it, it mm-hmm. definitely looks like it is Russian, and I'm going to say like a, a 70s era muff very simple very smooth doesn't have like that that 12 ax7 like high-end tone that you hear in a lot of like modern muff drives it's very oh just buttery (laughs) great
0: beautiful (laughs) well on that note should we write a song yeah yeah so song idea generator (laughs) write a sequel using the same characters or ideas from a previous song they have sequel in quotes too so it's a sequel song
1: with but we'd have to have a previous set of players
0: yeah you know like like, uh,
1: that that uh, space oddity
0: that guy ground control to Major Tom and then we could what's that song oh Uh, and then he did
1: Ashes to Ashes uh, where he's like well there was another guy in the 80s that wrote his own sequel to space had nothing to do with Bowie like this oh yeah uh, it's that. Is that what that was? I think that song is a sequel to Space Oddity. Oh, that's funny. Um, I could be wrong. It could be another song. <laughs> Man, well, now I've got to look it up. This is a sequel to a song by another artist. It's a follow up to David Bowie's Major Tom, I'm Coming Home by Peter Schilling, is the name of the song. Um, Man, that could be f- that could be fun to write a sequel to a famous song. Mhm. Um, we'd have to pick something really cool like a This is that
0: This is the sequel to Space Odyssey.
1: Yeah, so it's it was written in, it's written in the 80s. And there's what's funny is it doesn't sound like Bowie really, but it's just does this sound familiar to you at all yeah yeah but it's interesting it's just he's just kind of doing his own thing the guy just loves Bowie and was like if Bowie's not going to write a sequel to Space Oddity, I'll write one and call it Major Tom
0: but then it gets to that so what was this song originally famous for being a sequel um it's called major tom
1: yeah but i don't maybe at the time i don't know when it came out like 1980 maybe if
0: they called it major tom people have had to make that connection i think
1: well and that's it's interesting because i'd never i'd heard this song casually and even like even now i can't cite what it is but i feel like we all know that yeah yeah but i had no idea it had anything to do with bowie yeah or major tom Hmm. um that's kind of fun. I think I like that idea—the idea of writing a a sequel. Do we write like a sequel to like a Weezer song? <laughs> <laughs> something yeah. we both yeah, like yeah, really yeah. know.
0: That could that could be cool. Um, Jonas. So this is Jonas all grown up or something. I mean, you don't you don't want to like. We got to do a new melody and everything, but what is? Because my name is Jonas. He talks about being a kid, right? Yeah. And.
1: So we could write a song about Jonas growing up And like um, what, What's the real conflict of I wonder if I understand my name is Jonas enough
0: Maybe I need to uh, read the
1: name I'm carrying the wheel So Jonas is burdened He's carrying a wheel of some sort
2: Thanks for all you've shown us This is how we feel Come sit next to me Pour yourself some tea just like grandma made When we couldn't find sleep
1: Man, those melodies
2: <laughs> Things were better then Once but never again
0: I don't know I don't know what those lyrics God. mean chi your train left right outside <laughs> um,
1: I don't know Maybe we could write a song A sequel to Only in Dreams and call it Never in Reality <laughs>
0: <laughs> We just flip every line So only in
1: dreams, only in dreams is a song. Only in dreams is special because I, I believe the lead, the lead character, um, is is depicting a fantasy uh, with this female that he's trying to court, and he he fantasizes about walking up to her a dance, asking her to dance, mm-hmm. and then and this whole fantasy of them floating in the air, and then realizing it's a dream. Um, he fantasizes having these conversations with her um and then of course it was never real i wonder uh so what happened to that guy <laughs> does he uh does he become this person who who maybe fantasizes his way through his entire life and now that was like the 90s and now in the 10s are we in the 10s or the teens
0: something like that yeah
1: and now in the 10s he's he's just got a life full of regret and uh, is this Walter Mitty character who lives in, in fantasy. Huh. Maybe he's a guy who's lived long enough and finally decides to take control of his life and make his dreams a reality. Could this be a fun thing to write a song <laughs> about, Jake?
2: <laughs> a
1: sequel to Weezer's Only in Dreams.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think anybody would quite draw that connection. but
1: Except it can't, it's can't. it got to be like Peter Schilling's song. It doesn't sound. So it's like this. Yeah. Nope, stupid. Oh yeah, that's kind of
2: mm.
1: really jazzy. Maybe has it opens with like a cool riff.
0: Uh huh. I like it.
1: There it is. Song's done.
0: So, I'm thinking sequel-wise, Like, we could go the Walter Mitty route, or maybe it's something like he dreamed about this girl when he was a teenager, and then suddenly, like, 20 years later in real life, he actually bumps into her. Whoa. And the memories come flooding back.
1: Yeah. And we'll call
0: the song
1: unanswered prayers <laughs> and he'll be, no. <laughs> well, no, here's the thing though. I don't know. This is, I have run, I have, I have run into, uh, past crushes. Yeah. As an old happily married man, as a dad. Mm-hmm. And it's, a uh, it's a conflicting thing. You know, this, this fantasy, uh, like I guess that is the story of uh, of unanswered prayers, isn't it? I think in Unanswered Prayers, he's in like he he goes to a football game, and he with his wife, and he runs into his high school crush, oh. and uh, he talks about how he's glad it didn't. He prayed to God to bless him with this girl to make her love him, and uh, he's glad that God didn't answer that prayer because now he's with his wife, is with the person he's supposed to be, and it's that <laughs> some of God's greatest gifts run <laughs> unanswered prayers <laughs> What if what if he runs into her No, nah, it's too complicated. Those feelings are too complicated, Jake. Say like, what if he runs runs into her and is sad and finds himself fantasizing about the, the life that could have Maybe the guy isn't married. Yeah. That's what it has to be.
0: Well, that yeah, that's what I was thinking in yeah. my head, but not not that he was gonna leave his wife, but and then I
1: contaminated him with the Garth Brooks.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I've actually heard that song. I
1: don't. That might not be what i answer is about.
0: I'm not a Garth. I'm
1: not a Garth Brooks historian. Mm-hmm. So this poor, this poor lonely bugger, who fantasized about this love his whole life, um. He is lonely. What is he, like a pizza delivery guy, maybe?
0: <laughs> Have you seen uh, The Good Life? Yeah, yeah. He's got a, there's like a pizza delivery guy in that, right? So maybe it's the same it's the same? same guy. character. So this is like the, the second sequel in the trilogy.
1: Yeah, because in, in The Good Life, he talks about how he doesn't want to be... He's making a change. He doesn't want to be an old man anymore. Mm-hmm. But then he didn't. He didn't make that change. And he runs into this beautiful... Oh man Maybe he runs into our man And maybe he's It's like unanswered prayers But it's like the reverse Like she's the one with She's the one with like the family And the happy life And all these great things And she's like Oh man I'm glad That I never paid attention To this weirdo (laughs) And he's like Oh man There she is So happy with someone else That's a sad song That's a sad song Jake
0: That is a sad song
2: this is the verse
0: be cool to throw in like a only oh no i mean we we want to make it really subtle but some some little homage to the original song mm-hmm. is in there somewhere maybe it's a certain lick at one point or there was that an uh, outro or something
1: only in dreams see what it means reach out our hands hold on to hers but when we wake it's all been erased and so it seems only in dreams hmm <laughs> There's that. Uh, um, there could be that notion of waking up and hyper focusing on the, the butt when I wake, mm-hmm. which is kind of fun. But when I
2: wake. Uh-huh. <laughs> the name of the song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, what should the chorus be about? That's such a fun, melancholy melody.
0: I like it. But
1: when I We should make this we should give the girl a name. Let's make this a girl name song. But it needs to be a name that ends with A.
0: A name that ends with a uh, Anastasia. Isn't that... Will you do Anastasia. That's, that's in... about a girl that lost, loses her memory or something, right? Who is also from Russia. Oh, there you go. It's all tied together. But when I wake, it's not okay.
2: And it's more than I can take. Oh, Anastasia.
1: Oh man, Jake, this is a heartbreaking chorus. I don't know how to end that chorus. I forgot what you did.
2: <laughs> Anastasia. That's <laughs> 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 just do doo doo. more than I take. Oh Anastasia
1: I think you're great. <laughs> <laughs> oh Anastasia <laughs> I think <laughs> I think you're great. <laughs> so it's a positive thing. It's there you go. So he's through the depression, he's finding one positive and it said he thinks Anastasia's um, great. All these years later as a 50-year-old man. Mm. Maybe we need to write. Maybe we need to write a verse. So the only things I wrote about the first verse were he sees the old girl. He's so lonely. He has a pizza route. And by the way, (laughs) he's the guy from Only in Dreams. And he's a sad guy. (laughs) So that's what I have. Okay, so what if we frame the first verse? We frame the first verse as like he really saw her in real life. And then the, the big reveal is an Only in Dreamsian reveal where we realize actually the entire song was just a fantasy. And the the a fantasy within a fantasy and he realizes that like he that Inceptions really yeah. that Inception's a really hard movie to understand. Yes. <laughs> I don't I mean, I don't mind that. Uh Chris there's this fun there could be a fun line about how Chris Nolan himself couldn't construct a there you go. chris nolan himself couldn't construct a fa- an illusion so complex i like that that's a fun one um
0: Nolan so what uh, if he's a pizza delivery guy could not construct. is you see this girl like she ordered she ordered a pizza and answered the door and it's and yeah is that the right setting to bump into each yeah, other yeah
1: so he's dreaming he's dreaming about <laughs> Wait, but we don't reveal it to the end. So he's, he's go he's in a dream going on his pizza delivery route and he ends up in the house of, oh my goodness, this female who, who he hasn't seen since the dreams of his youth. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's good stuff. Okay. So verse one, he's, um, so to the opening line. Be? I was out walking one day, <laughs> <laughs> the, the class, I was out. Okay. Um Mine my own business. <laughs> when along comes uh, I can't,
0: I can't I on, I on your door with a pepperoni pizza Something that sounds less I cannot wordy.
1: What if the first line is I cannot resist? I cannot resist... Does he drive
0: a moped or a car?
1: Yeah, maybe he rides a moped. So he likes... He enjoys so riding... We his...
0: could say something about like the summer breeze or, you know, like... <laughs> make it sound all, ro- all romantic and hop on the back of my moped baby and...
1: I cannot resist the freedom of the pizza shift. <laughs> the freedom of the pizza shift from a house...
0: Hmm? Uh, I was going to say the house where you live sort of runs with shift almost...
1: Ah, the wind, the wind on my face. Yeah. I cannot resist the freedom of the pizza shift. That takes me to the, to that takes me.
0: That brought me to your home,
1: or the house where you live. The house
0: where you live. Oh, yeah. That. You answered the door, with a twenty-dollar bill.
1: <laughs> that takes me to, to the house where you live.
0: I, I didn't have change, but you, but you gave me the tip or Adam something. Like yeah, that.
1: yeah, that takes me to the house where you live. You say keep the change. Some things never change. <laughs> you say keep the change. Oh, man, this is like... It's right in itself here. Yeah, you say keep the change. Some things never change. Come inside. It's not so cold. You look nice and I look old. <laughs> man. Come inside. It's not so cold. And
0: is there a cat in the in the room? I feel old. Is she the kind of girl with a cat or is, is that a... What's your cat's name?
1: <laughs> His name is Jonas.
0: There you go. <laughs> I don't know. Here's a 20. Um, call it a bonus. Oh man,
1: that's <laughs> great. That's great stuff. What's your cat's name? His name is Jonas. Here's a twenty. Call it a bonus. I feel like we've got a whole
0: Well, so he would have known her name from the pizza, you know, when you deliver a pizza they ask your your name and number and all that. So yeah. maybe that's how he knows she's Anastasia. Like he opens the door and says, Are you Anastasia? Mm-hmm. or you know, or Yeah. Or we say something about it being
1: written on the pizza box or So many Anastasias <clears throat> in this small town. <laughs> I didn't think it would be you. Like the, there could be this cute thing of like uh, I didn't realize it would be you. Like the common side, it's not so cold.
0: Like they have all the, it, like in the in their pizza database, they have all the Anastasias that have ever ordered a pizza. <laughs> and he's trying to like track her down again. With
1: so many Anna's on this Anastasia, I guess we've got to say the whole thing. With, with so many Anastasias on this street, I never thought <laughs> we'd meet.
0: Again. We could say... We could rhyme something with meat about, like, a meat lover's pizza. <laughs> I love this. With so many on the street, I never thought we'd meet.
1: I Okay, I never thought we'd meet. Okay, all right, hold on here. Okay, I never <laughs> thought we'd meet. I mean, here we are writing songs about pizza. But this is going to be a heartfelt... I never thought a meat Pe- a pizza lover's ballad. pizza would bring us feet to feet.
0: This is a... um a new groundbreaking genre of pizza balladry.
2: Oh and a station.
0: Yeah,
1: just repeat, just repeat it. Oh man, maybe it just repeats. But when I wake it's not okay.
2: It's more than I can take. Oh a station And then the distortion comes in, Jake.
1: And it's just a riff, man. And that's it. Oh, Anastasia, I never left you. That's it. I never left. No. Oh, Anastasia, I couldn't fake you. You, uh, oh Anastasia.
2: Oh Anastasia. I couldn't fake you. I'm never late, yeah. This pizza's hot, yeah. Something
0: about like 30 minutes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's free. Like 30
1: minutes and it's free. I just say that That's rock and roll man
2: <laughs> 30 minutes And it's And it's free Yeah
1: Oh And it's never So it needs to say And I'm never late And that's I'm what never late be. Yeah And I'm never late Yeah or
0: But I'm never late Or
1: Yeah that's great But I'm never late Yeah I think that Introducing that yeah motif Is kind of like rock and roll Yeah But I'm never late Yeah Unless I'm awake
0: Yeah Oh, Boom. there you go
1: Because it's a dream
0: it all, Okay, it all, there it is It all came full circle
1: There it is Unless I'm awake
0: At this point, we finished up the writing of the song Jack went to his home studio and laid down guitar, vocals, bass, and drums Then he passed it over to me and I added more vocals, guitar, and the synthesizer part I think it turned out really cool and it was a really fun song to put together Here's the finished recording, I hope you like it our show this week head over to the podcast section of my website jakehaas.com where you can download this song for free be sure to check out jack's latest album and video project called once i was in a song club available on spotify and youtube i'll link to those and the other songs you heard in this episode on my website thanks for listening see you next time
1: we just wrote the song of the century jake